0: Yeah, go
1: ahead.
0: Like, when
1: was time you waited for me to be ready? Don't talk during the intro music. Okay. So you ready? Fuck. And we're live. How's it going, Johnny No Pants? Can I talk now? Yeah, you can talk now. Was that acceptable? Yeah, I'll uh, allow it.
0: I'm, I'm good. I'm wearing pants.
1: Oh, so not no pants today.
0: Yeah, but they're unbuckled. So. <laughs> I don't know if that counts.
1: You got to let the flap hang <laughs> out today, huh?
0: Uh-huh. Well, I got to make room for the beer.
1: <laughs> uh, how's it going over there in the PVD?
0: Uh, it's There's a big thunderstorm rolling
1: through it. You don't so say. It's
0: loud every so often. It's uh, pouring down rain. Awesome. Um... And it's muggy,
1: it's muggy.
0: This is not good, fat kid weather.
1: No, we don't have the muggy. Actually, it's been kind of cloudy and, and nice. It's been in the high 60s, and you know it's typical Seattle June weather. And we haven't yeah, had that in weird. the last couple of weeks.
0: It, it seems like it should be hot right now. Yeah, like hot, like real hot, like hot. Like I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go to the beach because it's so hot. hot. Why is it so hot.
1: Yeah, the beach. Yeah, the beach
0: so anyway how are you doing
1: i'm doing well i'm doing well um let's see i'm excited about the podcast i know we're doing it on a wednesday night and not on a thursday night and that's just because i got some work thing that usually never happens so now i gotta be a little late tomorrow night stupid work thing yeah stupid work thing and uh that's about it just been living my life helping my dad out with stuff he's got a new puppy yeah. So I go over there. It's a good excuse to get all the puppy kisses that I want. Oh no, I uh, didn't
0: know he got a new puppy. What kind of pup did he get?
1: He got a Springer Noodle.
0: Oh, that's what he's been talking about getting. That's yeah. fun.
1: Yeah, she's about 10 weeks ten weeks old, and uh, she's just a cutie patootie, and we love her a lot. So, And he's, uh, you know, it's funny. He, he wanted one, um, and he wanted one before my mom passed away. And then after my mom passed away, you know, he had all, well, your mom would want it this and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, but you know, mom's not here, dad. Um, And I don't want to say it like mean, but you know, now you can do what you want if you didn't want a Springer doodle. He's like, well, I don't <laughs> want something that sheds because Springer shed real bad. And I said, okay. And so we looked and there wasn't anything really available for a while. And I finally found one in Idaho and uh, at uh, Sand Sand Hollow Springers or Sand Hollow Doodles is what they're called. And they had some that were going to be born in March. So by May, he was able to go pick it up. So he and Scott went and picked up the puppy. Her name is Juna. Juna. Yeah. Where's that name come from? It's a Scandinavian name. He gave me the etymology of it, and I just, pfft, right over my head. So <laughs> I wish I could remember something. Uh, maybe something, you were drinking too much of it. Something Norse, maybe. And, uh, yeah. So he's been, uh, it's been challenging for him. It's he's definitely doesn't talk about how sad he is anymore. And he doesn't talk about how much he misses my mom anymore. (laughs) All it is, is this puppy is just howling at night when I don't, when I put her in her crate and, Oh, this puppy bites on everything. Oh, this puppy's chewing on it. Oh, this. And I'm like, okay, well that's what they do. But now he's distracted. He's distracted. So, you know, he's not thinking about the other things. He's like, wow, this is a lot of work. I was like, yeah, puppies are a lot of work. Dad. They're like, babies for a little bit and then you know then they're fine and now when i go over there because he's had her for he's had her about a month now when i go over there he's like oh yeah she sleeps through the night and when i get up in the morning she just runs outside and goes potty on her own um she's very very smart and so i was like well, all right well there you go you know he's oh i just i wish she was a little bit bigger i was like dad you're is, this is the trap you know you want them a little bit bigger you want them like this it's like when you had Kids, it's like, oh, I can't wait for my kid to talk. And i you're like, oh, shut yeah. up. Just shut yeah, up. Just Please shut up. just stop talking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait till those poops get
1: bigger. Yeah. That'll be fun. Exactly. Well, he goes out there with a little shovel that I made in metal shop uh, in middle school. And I'm like, you're <laughs> using my shovel for that? He goes, yeah, it's perfect for her little poops. I'm like, great, thanks. Oh, I'm sure gosh. 30 years ago, that's not what I had intended for that. One day, my dad will be out here picking up poop with it. That is a good story. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Johnny, what is the beer tonight? Um
0: tonight we this evening are drinking a uh Boston Area beer from uh Cambridge Brewing Company. Awesome. As a as in uh Cambridge massive massive two shits.
1: Massive two shits. Oops. Uh
0: this is their Remain in the Light Hoppy Pilsner. All right. So I've never actually had this before. Uh the can has a stage on it, so maybe it's music related. Uh what is it? Criticized for thirty years by the craft brewing industry as the epitome of evil. And the oh, so yeah, this is about I'm not gonna read the whole thing. You can see where it's going. Like pilsners get a lot of shit in the brewing world because like Bud Light, or Budweiser is a pilsner, like the American Pilsner, and they're like for a long time have been considered garbage beers. Yeah. But I will say. I've always told people, like, there's some talent when you talk about, like, Budweiser and how consistent it is. Pilsners are actually really hard to make because there's nothing to hide imperfections. And so, like, to be able to make a Pilsner that consistent and that bad, it's actually, it's I mean, it's people like it. So they can like it. That's fine. But to be able to make it that consistent is really challenging. So Definitely. you don't see a lot of breweries making Pilsners because, gotcha. like. You fuck it up and it tastes like a Band-Aid and there's no like caramel malts or chocolate malts to cover up that bad flavor. So anyway, uh, this is their version of it. five 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 and a half percent. Let's uh, give it a pop.
1: All right. I just realized no one can hear you on the stream for some reason. What? Yeah. This is what I'm telling you. I, I updated this thing and now it's, it's acting goofy.
0: Yeah. So you got me on the wrong channel.
1: Yeah, I do. I have you on the wrong channel, but it... I mean, although that shouldn't necessarily matter. Uh, yeah, so, You can hear me okay, though. Yeah, I can hear you just fine. I just I don't know why you're not showing up on the, where you should be showing up or where I usually have you. Not Did why. you get a text message? No, while you were uh, explaining and I was listening, I just happened to open up my phone and just hit the live stream just to make sure because I didn't have anyone to tell me, and you were not there. How about now? Uh.
0: No. Try again.
1: <laughs> it it's because of the setting here. I don't know how to get you onto a different setting. Hold on. I know that we just cracked open our beers, so this is this is not good timing. No, terrible. It's terrible timing. Terrible, terrible. That's okay because we at least we got a recording, but now I got to resolve Trim, this Trim. Trim. at some point in time.
0: So it's just a live stream Trim, that is the problem, not the. Actual recording,
1: yeah, because we're recording, recording,
0: yeah. So why
1: is technology
0: so retarded?
1: It's just, just sometimes it's, just a little, it's a little finicky. That's all finicky. It's, sometimes it's just a little finicky. Okay, so uh, well, anyway, Cambridge Brewing Company,
0: Cambridge Brewing Company, Cambridge, Cambridge. Uh, they do like to brag about mm. how they push the envelope. What does they say? They they're known for creativity and pushing the boundaries of brewing. It says. Ooh. I don't know how true that is. I've been here once to their brewery, uh, but not for the show. About- I ended up um, I ended up going there because a friend's sister was running a half marathon and we wanted beer instead of running, so we went and drank beer at Cambridge Brewing Company. Nice Cambridge, massive two shits. Cambridge, Cambridge, Cambridge. Thanks, Will Myers. <laughs> That's the brewer, brewing master.
1: Will Mears? Will Mears? Yes. Will, Will Mears. Uh, right, are, you,
0: are you canning it or are you going to pour it out?
1: No, no, I'm canning it. I'm Canada. Right.
0: you Canada. I like to pour it out so I can see what the head is like.
1: Yep, you like head.
0: I do love head. <laughs> um, it's a nice head. Yeah, it is. Nice, creamy white head. It's kind of cloudy, the beer, which it's not... Um, you know, most pilsners are are brewed in such a way that all the proteins fall out, and they're supposed to be really clear. But yeah, it's not an imperfection necessarily. That's pretty common when, especially when you talk about craft beers, and they're not doing any. Usually, it's a sign that they didn't like filter it, run it through filter meshes. Gotcha. Uh, which I prefer because filters filter out all the good vitamins and minerals, minerals, and some of the flavor. So anyway,
1: cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's yummy. That's not what
0: I expected. That's super yummy. Do You like it? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's a little bit grainy. It's just a hint of sweetness.
1: Oh no wonder I'm getting so fat.
0: The, the nose is a little.
1: Oh, the beers I've been drinking. A
0: light. <laughs> yeah, that's it.
1: There's a lot of carbs in the beers. Mm-hmm. This says nine grams of carbs. We're gonna just have to call this bourbon in balderdash. <laughs> one. I don't think one beer a week is the reason for your. Oh, I'm not drinking one handles. beer
0: a week. Well, why are you drinking more than one
1: beer a week? Because your dad likes beer. I have yes, mm. and,
0: and okay, Max. Well, and,
1: and Max has been home.
0: Got it. Well, you can't blame it on the show because this is just that one beer.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is nice. It's
0: like not overly hopped. No, uh, it's
1: actually really, really. I like it better than a regular pilsner.
0: Yeah, it doesn't doesn't have a lot on the nose. Yeah, I like it better than regular pilsner too. Yeah, like the aroma is pretty light. Just a little bit of sweetness,
1: but other than that, not much. It makes it less mm. boring. Yeah. I'll put it like that. Makes it a lot mm. less boring. That's tasty.
0: That's very drinkable.
1: Yeah, it's delish, man.
0: Do you remember those beer commercials where they were I think it was I don't know, one of the big three was bragging about their drinkability. Uh and bitter beer face? No, that was that was um
1: bitter did beer, bitter beer face. Keystone
0: did bitter beer oh, face. Yeah. Uh no, that was if this was like Budweiser and they were like they were bragging about drinkability, but like, if you can drink it, it's drinkable. Like right. that's a pretty low bar. <laughs> so yeah. Just like, okay, stop it. But no, this
1: is pretty good. Yeah, it's delicious. It's a good choice. That's yeah. actually something I'll probably finish tonight.
0: You're not oh, gonna okay. save it for later.
1: Oh uh, no, I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't nope. save my beers. Don't want you to get fat. Yeah, I'm getting fat. It's only five percent. I work out a lot. No, it's nine grams of carbs, though. That's a lot of carbs.
0: It's only 135 calories oh, and a gram and, and a half grams. of protein. Which is weird. It's actually not that weird. Like the, the, that that haze that you see in beer is mostly protein. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So part of the brewing process or the way you like um describe a yeast and what it does is called uh flocculation. And it's uh like a flocculation.
1: Sort
0: of, a, <laughs> sort of a rating of how well it causes the proteins to congeal and fall out of the beer as it ferments okay so higher flocculating beers or yeast will create cl- more clear beers and some people care and some people don't well for like a long time people were like if it's cloudy it's got to be bad you know we were trained by the big 3 that had to be crystal clear that's not the case anymore i don't think people care so much and especially like some of the big uh juicy ipas that you're seeing coming out now those are like almost thick with clouds thick so so yeah i think they taste better when they got a little bit of cloud to them the proteins plus yeah. it makes me feel like i'm working out because <laughs> you Needs get the, the protein because
1: you that's get the right. proteins well what's our um oh yes well first our brown of all for today today is national bourbon day
0: national bourbon day yeah also flag day so that's cool It's good they come together.
1: Yeah, so uh, Bourbon Day is celebrated every year on the day the first time bourbon was distilled in the late 1700s. That sounds made up. Yep, and uh, so in 1964, (laughs) the U.S. Congress declared bourbon as our native spirit, and it was to be officially called bourbon. Um, The U.S. Congress did that? Yep, 1964. So bourbon is the national spirit. So it is uniquely American, which means that it's, you know, at least 51% corn and made in America and in new charred oak. Uh, Those are the requirements for bourbon. It doesn't have to actually be made in Kentucky. It just has to be those requirements, and that makes it a bourbon. And it
0: has to own at least four guns.
1: Yes, and four guns. Uh, Four guns to
0: be uniquely American. Yeah,
1: semi-automatic rifles. (laughs) will make you more American and three of those will make you a bald eagle. So tonight, uh, <laughs> I, I, so, so I, I, found this out after I said, which, um, which, <laughs> which whiskey we should taste, but I don't think I gave you any bourbon. Uh, I, I gave you like lots of different whiskeys, like blended whiskeys and stuff. And tonight there's we're in, the back row. Oh, was there? Yeah. There's like six more. Oh, I didn't see the back row.
0: Any of them yeah. bourbon? I don't know. Maybe. Want me to go look?
1: Uh, it's right over there. Makes for really good. Yes, go. All right, pretend you're pooping. Uh, I'll play this over and over again. That's not annoying at all. Well, folks, uh, while John is looking for a bourbon that we, because I, I had a whiskey planned, and so now we're switching to something else. Um, so I totally lied. Oh, there's no bourbon. The the back row's all empties. <laughs> oh, okay. So great. We're gonna do this then. Uh, like Except a- Except for this one, Paddleford Creek. No, I no don't want to drink Paddleford Creek. Um, because I'm really excited okay. to actually do this one. It just happened to be National right. Bourbon Day, so uh, we effed it all up and that's okay. Uh tonight we have tonight. a single malt whiskey. It's called Milk and Honey Whiskey Distillery. It's elements is the name of the bottle. And this is from a sherry cask, or finished in a sherry cask. This single malt whiskey won the World Whiskey Award. So this is the world's best whiskey.
0: That's a bold statement. What year?
1: What this year? This is the this, this is the twenty twenty three winner of the world's best whiskey. Uh, what if I don't like it. And not only is this not a bourbon, uh, this is not even from America. This is an Israeli. <laughs> Single oh, yeah, malt this whiskey. So uh, so I really <laughs> effed up the National Bourbon Day, which is that's fine. Right. That's okay. That's okay. We can live. Um, Actually,
0: I mean, to be fair, there's not much more American than taking other people's ideas and making their <laughs>
1: own. <So. laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> I think there's a lot true. of those things. It's like
0: not American that Americans believe are American because Americans are so American-centric.
1: Yes. We're yep. the best. Yep. We must have created it. Well, I, I mean, that's what I believe. Wontons. Yeah, wontons. Uh, the Chinese cookies. Fortune cookies? Yeah, fortune we actually, cookies. Actually,
0: that was an American invention.
1: Yes, I know, but it wasn't theirs. So we no. gave it to them.
0: <laughs> yes, we did. You're welcome, world, for the thing you never knew you wanted. That's right.
1: So I'm going to look right now on total wine and more, because i got a story about this real quick before we, uh, before we go on. Devolved. Yeah, uh, this is M&H Whiskey, and they probably don't even have it anymore. They just have the red wine cask. Yeah, they don't even have it anymore. Okay, so I read this. I believe in Whiskey Advocate. I think I got some emails saying, oh, the announcement for the world's best whiskey. And so I went on my app, and at Total Wine & More, and I was like, oh, they have a bottle at the Cell Center one. So I bought it online. And the price was, uh, I think, like ninety six dollars. And I was like, okay, for the world's best whiskey, ninety six dollars seems like a pretty good deal, reasonable. Yeah. So I go down there, and the first thing I do, I don't go to where you pick up your order. I go to where all the whiskeys are, and I look for to see if they have another bottle. Because if it's a world winner, then one's okay for me to drink. Maybe another one I could just hang on to, or if it's really good, you know, then you know you want to share it more. There's no more left, but the price where the bottle was says $74. So I go over to the lady and I said, Hey, I uh, just uh, ordered this online. I paid for it and she, she brought it out to me and I said, but the tag over there says it's cheaper than it does online. And so she looks at my receipt and she walks over to where this bottle was, where they picked it. And sure enough, it was $20 cheaper. So the online price was wrong. And if I had not gone over there, I would have gotten stuck with a more expensive bottle like a chump.
0: Yeah, what a chump.
1: What a chump. And and maybe it went up because it did win the award, and so the the website updated, but they didn't update the tag in the store. Mm-hmm. Uh, but regardless, um, so this is you got, a— You got 20 bucks. That's a win. That's right. This was a single malt whiskey that was aged in their finest— Bourbon, PX, and Oloroso sherry casks, giving it a rich ch- texture and deep flavors. It's matured under the Tel Avivan sun. The Tel Avivan mm. sun. You know that's a different sun than the one in America.
0: Well, they have a different Jesus, don't they? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I don't know. I mean, how many Jesuses are there? There's a lot. It's a very common name in Spanish (laughs) culture. Spanish culture, Jesus. I'm just stepping
0: on all sorts of cultures today.
1: Good Lord. We're talking about Israeli, then Tel Aviv, and now it's Jesus. Is it the Jews? He was a Jew. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so. And a a carpenter. Yes. So this is from Israel. Um, I didn't know Israel made any kind of distilled whiskey anything uh, if you look on their website at mnh they have the classic uh the peated they have pomegranate wine cask they have one called the dead sea uh, as one of their bottles i mean i don't think we can get this here but it's um it's the first and only whiskey ever aged on the low in the lowest place on earth the dead sea where temperatures reach 50 degrees celsius giving a strong intense Flavors, I would fact check that. You think they would allow them to put a uh, t- put a uh, a barrel house next to the Dead Sea? I don't understand that.
0: Maybe there's not a barrel. Maybe just put it on a boat and drive <laughs> it out there. Just let it sit on a boat? Yeah, why not?
1: All right. It seems reasonable. <laughs> I'm very skeptical. <laughs> uh, could so, be a barge. <laughs> that's true. The whiskey's uh, walking on water. But if you go to the—sorry, the whiskey's <laughs> walking—that's good, John. John, that's great. Okay. I know. I'm killing it today. This is divine. (laughs) Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, So the World (laughs) Whiskeys Award, 2023 Single Malt World's Best, also won in the 2021. It's got all kinds of awards. So we'll give it a quick sniffy sniff. Tell me what you think. Do you think they
0: bought those awards, like the Saudis bought American Golf?
1: Uh, They might have. That's a good hot take. Um, Mm, Yeah. What do you think about
0: that? I think it's bullshit.
1: Yeah? You think we should keep uh, American Golf in America?
0: No, I think it's bullshit that people care about golf.
1: Yeah, I do too. Well, it's just men playing <laughs> with their balls. And then sometimes the women want to play with them too.
0: I'm just kidding. I actually really like golf. I don't like watching it. Uh, I think it's shitty that if you have enough money, you can just buy anything you want. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's where we live in, I guess. It is. So is. I'm, I'm mostly just bitter because I don't have that kind of money.
1: There it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's We're good. Honest. That's honest. That's honest. I appreciate that. So give it a I snifferoo, buddy. Would spend it all at once on you. What do you smell? <laughs> Ooh, it actually has kind of a pungent smell to it. I'm it not does. gonna lie. I wonder if that comes from like the.
0: It sounds like it's aged hot almost. No, maybe.
1: Yeah, kind of mm-hmm. like a, a like a or like a bacterial thing almost. Yeah, you know, or
0: maybe it's just really dry where it is because I can't imagine it's very mm-hmm. humid. In the bottom of the desert.
1: Yeah. So hmm. like I said, I get something pungent and then I get the regular kind of fruity, kind of malty, single malt like, flavor
0: to it. It has like a like a floral, like a daisy kind of hmm. smell. Maybe not a daisy, I don't know, but it has some sort of I don't know. I like it. Oh, you like it? I do.
1: Okay.
0: Uh maybe maybe not. What is, the, what is the one? A uh, lavender? Maybe like a hint of lavender. I, I don't know. I'm just thinking of flowers that I can name. Not <laughs> uh, roses. What's
1: what's Same. that other one? Uh, dandelions. It's got, dandelions. A, it's got a dandelion type way about it. Yes. <laughs> All right, right and there. cheers. Cheers.
0: I don't know. I just, it's not anything to write home about.
1: Yeah. Do you I think, like it. You, do you think this is the world's best single malt? Uh,
0: I don't think this is the best one that I have in my house.
1: Yeah. This is definitely not the best one in my house either.
0: Yeah. Well, you have a big list, so <clears throat> I mean, it's not, it's not bad, but it's like, I mean, I guess if you were judging it, just pure like metrics, mm-hmm. It's not offensive. It, it's just not interesting, I guess. But if it was like, check the box, does it check all these boxes? Like when you judge a beer, you kind of have to do that. You got to take your personal preference out of it. And you just judge it based on the merits of the thing.
1: Yeah.
0: And I mean, I don't know how you judge bourbons and whiskeys, but maybe it's the same way it's like, does it meet this criteria and give it a score? And does it meet this criteria and give it a score, but it like takes out all of the subjective Subjective parts like it tastes like peanuts or it has this other flavor in it. And maybe the idea is that it doesn't have all these extra weird flavors.
1: Yeah. I'm not a fan of this. It is. um, It's uh, it's overwhelming in the mouth as far as uh, any kind of heat. It's astringent Mm -hmm. in the end. Um,
0: It almost tastes closer to a scotch than it does. a.
1: Yeah. The flavors that I look for in a sherry finished um single malt none of those things are here for me i don't know Mm -hmm. if i got a bad bottle or what but it's um it's not something that i actually enjoy like i'm a big fan of westland's sherry cask um their sherry uh single malt Mm -hmm. that one is smooth and mellow and delicious and all the fruity things that i like and the chocolate things that i like and all the stuff that i come to find for a little fruity single malt whiskey. And I don't find that in this one at all. Yeah. So I give it a big, no, this is not my favorite.
0: Not my favorite either. Uh, I definitely wouldn't say rush out and spend a hundred dollars on a bottle of this because somebody told you it was the best one in the world.
1: Yeah. And then that makes me think about the judging part of this, which is Mm -hmm. something I should probably look into. So I might, I might start looking into like, how do they judge? How do they come up with this? How do they know?
0: I, uh, When I entered my very first, uh, beer competition, when I entered beers, my very first one is before is doing all grain batches. I was doing extract batches so you can just long story short, you can either extract the sugars yourself and that's Mm -hmm. an all grain batch, or you can get pre extracted malt extract and then you mix it with water, boil it. And after that part, the process is the same. Uh, it simplifies it. And if you're going to start out brewing, doing it as a partial grain or all or not partial grain, yeah, partial grain or, um, all extract batches is easier to get yeah. used to the process. Anyway, I made this Irish red and I decided to enter in this competition down at Larry's homebrew supply down there in Kent. They're close now. Uh, and, uh, and I won first place. We got a great score awesome. on this Irish red. However, <laughs> I do believe that I won because I mean, mine was buddy. the last one that they tried. And I think they were all drunk <laughs> and they're like, this is great. They probably just finished doing, like, Roush beers or, like, Wild Honeymead, something or other. And they're like, I just want a beer that tastes like a beer. And that's what it, it – I mean, it, it was – by all accounts, it was a pretty decent beer. Yeah. But it, I don't think it was award-winning. But it scored really high. So I, I wonder if they
1: were just real drunk. Well, do you have – yeah, they might have been. Uh, <laughs> unless – I mean, because <laughs> they're probably not slurping and spitting, right? Yeah, probably yeah. not. But, again, I do – like –
0: I think like as a check the box exercise, this checks all the boxes in the right way for a whiskey. But it doesn't, there's nothing interesting about it.
1: There's zero any, I mean the flavor, I'm not like, wow, this is mm-hmm. like, I'm not doing any of that. It just, yeah. it doesn't do anything for me. Do you have a bourbon there at home? Um, I think so. What bourbon? Let me you go got. get it. Yeah, go get it. Go get the bourbon. Let's do this right. Once again, folks, as John's uh, running to find himself a bourbon, I just want to thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for giving us any kind of value, including feedback. One of the things that John and I really always want is feedback. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what you're up to. We want to hear what you think about the show. We want to hear if you like the show, if you don't like the show, um, if you found anything funny. We just want feedback. We want to connect with our audience. We don't want to just do this in the void. Because uh, what we hope is is that we might be people you want to hang out with, and maybe yeah. one day we can come and hang out, oh,
0: and also i don't you might have already said it. I was off of for just a sec, but um, I was thinking about this the other day, like if you have a bourbon or a beer, you think we should try tell us,
1: yes, absolutely, and we will you know, yeah, we'll give you the props mhm hundred percent what bourbon did you get? noble uck. noble uck. noble noble oak.
0: Oak. noble it, I noble like noble oak. oak. Double oak bourbon. That's good.
1: That's good stuff, man.
0: Bourbon Uh, whiskey finished with sherry oak staves.
1: Okay, I'm looking right now. Uh oh, I got high west. I can have
0: some high high west is good.
1: I could have some bullet. Bullet's Bullets a good standard. I can reach bullet better.
0: Yeah. Bullet's a good one if you're like just looking for a pretty straightforward, good mid shelf bourbon i like bullet i do too i if i go to a place and i'm not sure what to get and i can't decide based on the labels bullet is on my short
1: list well but and bullet has a high rye uh mash bill so uh that's why they're like bullet rye is really really high in rye uh so they Mm -hmm. so you could taste it and be like oh yeah this is a different thing but one of the things i like about bullet bourbon is because i do like the rye i like Mm -hmm. the flavor that rye gives and it's kind of minty
0: like it too. Minty and flavorful. Do you pour pour yourself some already?
1: Yeah. All right. Cheers. Cheers on National Bourbon Day. American bourbons.
0: Got to get it done.
1: Mm. Oh, that's so much better.
0: It's got that nice little Mm. bit of a sweetness to it.
1: Yeah. What's this one? Let's take all the nasty taste of that M&H out of my mouth. folks. Do what you want, but my recommendation for M&H Element Single Malt, there are better single malts. Yeah, I think so, too. If you'd like any suggestions, uh, just go ahead and let me know that you need a suggestion, and I will give it to you. Or just
0: listen to the first 60 episodes of the podcast and pick one you
1: like. (laughs) Oh, well, uh, only the last, I think, 30 of them are up and running since we switched over hosts, I haven't put uploaded the okay. other ones. I might not even because you know we are really kind of hitting a little stride right now.
0: Yeah, if you really want them, we'll burn you a CD ROM.
1: <laughs> we'll put it on a USB. <laughs> I have
0: a I have a zip drive in the garage. I think. Do
1: you one of those yeah. old zip
0: drives? Uh huh. You know, like one gig, monster <laughs> heart floppy drive things. I think those were tape still, weren't they? Uh no, they had they had a uh, um. Um, little magnetic HDs in discs them? inside. Oh, okay. I, I mean, okay. they were almost just like floppy drives, but they they weren't solid state like little uh, flash drives we get now. Sure. No, that's. I cool. don't think they were. Maybe they were solid state.
1: No, I don't think they were. No. I think they were like our hard drives, like old hard drives, not solid state drives. Oh, and so let's do a little housekeeping. We got some housekeeping we got to do. Um, we need to name our listeners. Oh yeah. Uh, I liked Balderdash Brigade. Or balderdashers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came up with another one because Tim liked the name z- Zazzled. So we can call people Zazzlers.
0: But I, zazzlings. I like zazzled, but I like, I'm not, a, I'm not a, I don't know. It just doesn't have the flow to it. No, it doesn't. Do you, see, do you see it? I'm being anointed by the sun. I saw that. That's
1: good. Yeah. Like you're in prison looking through the it's bars. Pretty,
0: it's pretty annoying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, zazzlings. <laughs> like Ryan Zosling. That's Gosling. Um mm. so I was trying to think we need to think of it. we need to think of a name man.
0: Yeah, we really do. Hmm. But <laughs> well, maybe we don't have to do it right now, but we really should nail this down.
1: Yeah, should we should we Just... ask ChatGPT? Just give us oh, see if we have any more suggestions from from the AI. Sure. Yeah? Okay, hold on. Sure. Let me let me log in. Usually I am already logged in. Logged in because Chat GPT and me are we're tight,
0: we're pals. Mm-hmm. That's how they know what you're doing.
1: Yep, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, uh, let's see here. I gonna, we gotta, I gotta, I gotta go over here. And oh, here we are. Okay, Chat GPT. All right. Uh, Shall we play a all right, ChatGPT, a three-syllable <laughs> um, name that includes Balderdash. Balderdashia, can you give me a list of ten? You have to be so specific with these ding-dongs. Balderdashia, Balderdasha, no, that's, man, dummy.
0: I, uh... Found a, a fandom name generator.
1: Ooh, go for it!
0: And it said hobbies. I put in beer, things you like, bourbon, and important words balderdash, and it pumped out some really terrible ones. <laughs> Tell me, uh, kinks drinks, kink, kinks with an S, <laughs> <laughs> uh, R-
1: liquor sticker. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. Liquor sticker. S- scum rum. <laughs> scum rum. Yeah. Mm. The beverage garage. You know, I think scum rum is the stuff that you can get at the airport after everyone dumps their uh, liquids in that uh, oh, yeah. container. I think that's that scum rum. Great. It's also known as jungle juice. <laughs> yes. Oof, <laughs> airport <gross>. jungle juice.
0: <laughs> uh, there's another one on here that actually, Balderdash Matter, bald No, that's dumb. That's dumb. This is terrible. Yeah. Moving on. I do like the idea of calling your your basement the beverage garage. <laughs> the beverage <clears throat> garage. Uh huh. Social club name generator. Here we go. Beer, bourbon, m- balderdash, balderdash,
1: balderdash. How did I say it?
0: Oh, Hold yeah. on, balderdash. AI suggested giving them money.
1: Giving who money? Bear-
0: Uh, Boozy blends, boozy blends, boozy buds, tipsy tastings. The spirit squad. Ooh, the spirit squad. (laughs) Uh,
1: Hop hounds. That's not bad. Hop hounds.
0: Yeah. It's it's kind of beer specific though. Spiritual soiree. (laughs) This is not very good. Uh, Let's just do Balderdash.
1: So I have 10 social club names, including the word Balderdash. They have the Balderdash Brigade, Balderdash Society, Balderdash Enthusiast Club, Balderdash Connoisseurs, Explorers, Mavericks, Societies, Socialites, Balderdash and Beyond, The Collective, or The Alliance.
0: (laughs) The Alliance. That's it.
1: The Balderdash Alliance. The Balderdash Alliance. (laughs) Avengers. (laughs)
0: Um... Avenge. (laughs) I like balderdashers. Uh, balderdashers.
1: I'm okay with that. Balderdashers, not zoslers or zoslings. It just doesn't have a. This just doesn't flow.
0: It sounds weird. Made what were up. some
1: of the other names from the last podcast? Old-fashioned drinking terms from the last podcast. Uh, we had trashed. I, forgot trashed. I had beer. Trashers.
0: Uh, they were I put in balderdash and bourbon, and it says
1: snazzy shoes. Uh, pickled, the picklers, <clears throat> the picklers. slosh, plaster, tank, stewed, zazzled, the, blitzed, the big picklers, the blitzers. Oh, this is a business name
0: generator. We don't need a business name. We need something stupid <laughs>
1: or the imbibers,
0: the imbibers, the imbibers,
1: <laughs> the imbibers, or the <laughs> swiggers okay. quaffers. This is good radio. This, we should not be the swiggers. <laughs> nope.
0: I'm gonna X nay that one right away. You don't want to be (laughs) Don't want that one at all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I didn't even think of that. That was funny. (laughs) Uh
0: we could be the ninety proof bandits. (laughs) I I just made that up. That's not even on a list. It's not any better than the other ones. The gossip geese. <laughs> this is really
1: terrible. Is that what we do? Right. We gossip. We should just move on. Balderdashers. Balderdashers. The Balderdashers Drinking Club. The Balderdashers Drinking Club. Okay. That's what we're doing. LLC. Yep. You guys ready to get zazzled at the Balderdashers Drinking Club? And that's we what that's the name of our bar. Our bar will be called the Balderdashers Bar. They could be the B team. The B team? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when no, the, A the A team <laughs> can't do it, you call in the B team. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. You know who's not the B team though? Dads. Dads. Dads, you know what this weekend is? Uh Father's Day. Father's Day. Father's mm. Day. So I thought we could, uh, in the next uh, little time that we have left here, we could talk about Father's Day. What do you think?
0: Yeah, that's fine. I like okay. Father's Day. I do. I like Father's I, Day, too. I also don't like it. It's, it's a tough one for me sometimes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, I, I understand that. Mother's Day was pretty hard this year for me. So I, I can get imagine. that. I get that. And, uh, you know, but I, I, I muscled through it and um, kind of focused on my dad on that day. And uh, and on my mother in law, which I'm mm-hmm. thankful that she's here. And da- Dana's always had a hard time with Father's Day as well because she lost her father at a young age as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's it's just it's just hard. So and this year, you know, I'm I'm thankful that my dad is uh, still around that I haven't lost both of my parents. So that makes me happy. Because um, even as a you know 45 year old man, uh, the importance of still having your parents around is pretty massive. Mm-hmm. And you know, sure. as a parent, you, you might not think that you have that big of an impact on your children, but you do, mm-hmm. you know, even at adult children, you know, I mean, you have an impact on them, um, that, uh, you know, they miss when you're not there and you, I, I imagine your mom probably misses you terribly as well. Cause you're not around mm-hmm. and I don't know how often you talk to your mom cause that's none of my business, but you know,
0: probably not as much as they should. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me now you try to give her a call give her a call on mother's day we've been having i've been trying to contact her for the last like month we haven't talked since actually since before mother's day she called her on mother's day i left her a message and then she yeah. called me back playing a love phone tag but yeah you're absolutely right i think um we we do have some friends who have kind of some toxic parents so like not everybody's blessed with great parents and sure. not everybody's parents who they think are toxic are actually bad yeah. there's a lot of perception in there but um I know they struggle with it. Cause like to your point, we do give outside influence outsized influence to our parents sometimes when yeah. we shouldn't, you know, like we're adults now too. We can be adults, sure. but that doesn't mean we don't care about what they say or what they think or how they feel. Yeah. They're a
1: big part of our lives. Well, and they're in, in some, some ways are supposed to be able to give us the, the wisdom of life that we have yet to live. Right. So the, the, the vastness between our ages. My dad is in his early seventies. I'm in my mid forties, you know, Hey dad, you've lived 30 years longer than me. What can you tell me? You know, those kind of things. Uh, what can you share? And this year has been really hard for him. Um, losing my mom, but at the same time, he's, I mean, he's really, he unexpectedly, you know, my dad and I, okay, I'll start from the beginning. I know I'm stumbling over my words. My dad and I never had a really great relationship growing up. Uh, So being the firstborn and another guy, uh, him and I butted heads a lot and I was always challenging him constantly. Um, I knew better than him, you know, and he was the one that had to lay down the law because my mom had had it with me. So my dad had to, you know, everything with my mom was wait till your dad gets home. And I remember one time my mom, she was yelling at me and I, uh, turned around on her she, like I was going upstairs to my bedroom and she was following me up the stairs yelling at me and I turned around on her I didn't put my fist up I didn't have my fists clenched I just turned on her and she just looked at me like she was scared because I was oh, probably in middle school or high school and she goes just wait till your dad gets home you go up to your room so I went up to my room because that's where I wanted to go anyways it wasn't a punishment mm-hmm. and so I go up to my room and <clears throat> my dad comes up hours later when he gets home from work he's a small business owner He owns his own business And he's tired and he comes up and he sits next to me on my bed. He goes, please stop aggravating your mom so much. Like he's so (laughs) defeated. Like he's like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And that actually had an impact on me. I I didn't think of him as weak. I just thought like, man, I'm making everybody's life miserable just by being the way that I'm being. Why are you being such a chode? Right. And, and there's certain moments in my life with my dad that I wish I could take back. So like, um, my dad took me to get, uh, my license, my driver's license. So I had to pass my driver's test and, um, not just the driving test, but the actual online test or the book test. And when I passed him, he wanted to give me a hug. But at that moment, my dad and I had not, we just were constantly bickering and arguing and, and fighting. Like, I guess sons and fathers sometimes do. And I remember I turned on him. Like he put his arms out to give me a hug. Like, Hey, congratulations. I just turned on him. I was like, all right, let's go. I just got in the car and I look back on that moment. I can see that moment in my mind's eye. And like, I really regret that. Mm. And I couldn't imagine like if Nathan or Sophia did that to me, I would probably just be devastated. I just, I'd probably be just like failure as a dad, all those kind of things. And then, uh, years later I was setting up for a Bible class at uh, Shorewood and I don't know why I just called up my dad out of the blue. I felt compelled to call him and just tell him that I love him. And I'm sorry that, you know, I was so difficult. Something, something happened, uh, you know, in me where I just felt like now's right now is a good time. And in that moment, my dad confessed to me. He's like, you know, I wasn't really there for you. I was always tired. I, I could have paid more attention, you know, and he apologized for the things that he knew hurt me as well, or what I needed as a young boy. That I didn't get. And at the same time, it might have been maturity also that's kind of caught up to me that he worked so hard um, owning his own business to put food on the table and a roof over my head that, you know, he didn't have a lot to, to expend when he got home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I took that as he didn't care when he really did, you know, yeah. and, I, and I think I realized that and I just wanted to say something to him and then he apologized that he could have done more too. And in that moment, our relationship started to heal because we didn't have a great relationship. And since my mom's passed, um, like I, I, I turned to Dana actually I think a couple of weeks ago when I looked at her. I was like, I think my dad likes me, <laughs> which is not something that I ever thought he really did. Mm-hmm. I thought he loved me because I'm his son, but I didn't think he liked me. You, you like loved that? you because
0: he had to, not because he wanted to. I don't think you're not because me. he wanted to not because he want. that's not the right one, but you like, yeah, it's that your parents love you because you're their kid. Not because like, if you were anybody else's kid, they wouldn't really like you all that much.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and as I looked at Dan's like, I think my dad likes me. Cause when we have conversations, I mean, he wants to chat, you know, he wants to, he's laughing with me. Uh, we get along, you know, he's like listening and uh, <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh. And, and to be honest, my dad was a great grandpa. The grandpa that he is to to my kids and to Scott's kids um is the dad I wish I had. But also he was retired. <laughs> <laughs> had
0: a little more time when we had
1: the energy. kids. So yeah. all the things that I wanted, he was able to give them because he had the time to give them and and mm-hmm. the and the energy to give them. Um and I was always thankful that he was the grandpa that he was, you know. So that that always made me or is still, because he's very attentive to them. And they love him so much that they'll just go down there and hang out with them, too. Like, they're not like, ah, yeah. oh, it's an old guy. I don't want to hang out. They go down there and they spend the night with them. You know, they go down and they hang out with them. They just crash there because <laughs> they just want to hang out with Grandpa, watch a dumb, scary movie, some hokey bee movie, like Velocipaster, And... uh <laughs> that's not a thing that's a thing there's no way that's a thing it's a thing it's a pastor that turns into a a velociraptor at night or something
0: it kills people that's not even a b movie it's on amazon i kid you not terrible
1: (laughs) they actually used to be linked to our amazon account uh our prime account and uh (laughs) i would go on prime and be like who the hell is watching all these terrible horror movies (laughs) it's my dad (laughs) So Nathan goes down there and watches, uh, with them. And then whenever my young nephews go over and spend the night with my dad, Sophie always goes down there and, and hangs out to help him out. Cause he knows that the young boy energy could probably be a lot for a 77 year old man. <laughs> and so he's, you know, he gets tired easily now as an older guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I really appreciate that part of my dad. And that makes me happy that I can, I, I now have a relationship with him where <clears throat> that's better than the one that, um, that I had before.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I um, I know for me personally, I was I lost my dad. I know we talked about it before, but I lost my dad when I was seventeen, mm-hmm. just before Christmas. And so a lot of those like markers, like Father's Day, were real tough for a long time. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the healing that I had to go to go through around my dad was, um, like I didn't get to have those healing moments with him. Yeah. So the healing was more around like actually recognizing what I had when he was alive. And because when you're a teenager, you don't notice those things. Like you think back on some of those special moments They're like the moment where you turned away from him and you felt bad about it. Like you remember those moments very distinctly.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and a lot of the healing for me was recognizing how much my dad actually did love me, you know, and knowing like, like I was one of my dad's favorites. I mean, he had a lot to choose from cause there's seven of us, but, um, arguably I was my dad's favorite and he would take me <laughs> all over the place. We do things like he would. He loved bird watching. Yeah. And like one of his things that he would love to do is he'd get up really early on Saturday mornings and he'd go out somewhere uh, and and birdwatch and he kept a diary and like would mark what we saw and he would always wake me up to go with him. So it was like our thing that we would just do together. The only time anyone else ever came with us is if they happened to wake up when we were on our way out the door. But pretty rarely was where I think my older brother Michael would come with us sometimes. Um, but. Mostly, it was just my dad and I doing a lot of these things together, which was really great. I know my older brother Mike had a lot of those moments with him too, but, ooh, excuse me, but recognizing those those small moments. And then I have a handful of those moments where I'm like, I wow, was a real shit then. And I know that hurt my dad a lot. <laughs> yep. Like reconciling that I can't mm-hmm. fix that. Yeah. It's done. I feel bad about it, but I got to move on. Uh, it was, it's been really important. And I know I still have some challenges with it. I have a lot of like trust issues and this one of my biggest things to work through is a fear of abandonment that I struggle with. Like, I just expect everybody to leave all the time. And part of it is because I lost so many people, including my dad that were really important to me really young when I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. Uh, And so I'm, I'm working through a lot of that. So I guess short story long, it's, it's important to make sure that if you have that time to have those conversations with your, with your parents, and if you've lost them to talk to somebody about it and, and uh, even if it's just a friend that can talk you through it and you can vocalize it, but talking to a professional, if you're really struggling with it, it's important. And it, I know it's helped me a lot. Uh, I still got my work to do like we all do, but, yeah, uh, but it's good. And it makes me a better father to my son. It makes me more compassionate, more aware. Like I understand the struggles that, you know, my dad probably went through and, you know, it, it sort of teaches you to, to look at the relationship with your son a little differently. Yeah. Like you still need to be that teacher and sometimes that heavy-handed teacher, but uh, you need to make sure that they love you all the time. Yep. Because my dad, I think, was a lot like your daddy. He was always working hard, usually pretty tired, and we didn't have a lot of conversations about feelings.
1: In a different generation altogether, honestly. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <clears throat> so, kids are getting soft.
1: Yeah, kids are getting soft. <laughs> Good that's times a, make weak men. It's um, an, another conversation. Yeah. Well, so tell me about that. Tell me about how it informs cause your relationship with Twa with sorry to sorry Tweet. Uh your relationship Tweet. with <laughs> it's the bourbon talking. Uh your relationship with Tate is uh is a unique one. And one that mm-hmm. I actually uh I admire tremendously about you.
0: <clears throat> That's certainly a challenge. And most people who know me. Know, know the basics of it, but Tate's not biologically my son, mm-hmm. but I've raised him since he was born as my own. Yeah, uh, And he knows this. This is not a secret to anybody. Um, but it's created some unique challenges, like, you know, kids push buttons and they like to pick out the things that drive you away because they're assholes yep. at times. Yep. And so he's tried to use that against me. And it's also made it really hard for me at times to to be his father because there's that like underlying notion that like I'm not biologically his father. So what right do I have? Um, so it creates some unique challenges, but it's also, I think been really good. It's, it, it's forced us to bond in a different way. Sure. Um, one of the things that he said that he hasn't really recognized until recently is like, like he, he knows that I'm here because I choose to be here, not because I'm required to be. Yeah. and and that's a different kind of love for someone like in spite of his nonsense and in spite of our challenges i'm still here i yeah. choose to be here even though the reality is i could go whenever i want with no repercussions other than i would feel bad
1: but um but that's not true either because i think that's the difference <clears throat> i think what you successfully have done johnny is you have shown that just because a child is not yours biologically doesn't mean that you can't be a father. Like you are a father to him. You, yeah, that's exactly right. You know, it anyone can be a dad by, you know, having sex with a woman and creating a child. Anyone can do that. Mm-hmm. Anyone with a penis can do that. Right. So, well, not anyone. <laughs> anyone with viable <laughs> sperm and a penis <laughs> can do that. But to be a father takes commitment. It takes yeah, patience. Sure. It takes all that you are <clears throat> to pour into a child to try to help them through their life. Mm-hmm. And it's never ending. Yeah. I, and so one of the things that I admire about you is that, is that, you know, that takes, for you, I think it takes it takes more courage. It takes more from you to give to Tate. And, uh, you know, and I know like you and I both know, even though that our children don't necessarily always show it back to us, they do love us because they do see mm-hmm. that we're willing to go the extra mile for them. We're not, we're not abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, at times they might not like the fact that we will hold things down. Mm-hmm. Like, Nope, this is how it goes. And I'm sorry, you can't get around mm-hmm. this. Um, and even that to them, even though they hate that is also can be a comfort to them at the same time that, that, there well they are. know you're not going anywhere. That's right. And there's boundaries. Yeah. And boundaries are okay to have makes, feel, makes them feel safe. It is a safety but thing. Absolutely.
0: That was that was a lesson I had to learn um, that I didn't do very well at is boundaries, learning boundaries. Um Helen actually has been pretty wonderful about helping me learn how to set boundaries because there was a lot of times with they growing up where I didn't feel like I had the right to lay down the law. Yeah. Um, but you know, once I kind of turned that corner it's it's gotten a lot better um not that it was ever really that terrible no um but the other thing that has come out of kind of our unique situation that i really really love is uh i don't know if you remember but tate walked helen down the aisle when we got married and the song he and we let him pick whatever song Mm -hmm. he wanted Mm -hmm. and the song he chose was chosen family
1: yeah
0: and it's like i think it's finally hit home to him within recent years that like we are the family that chose you like none of us are required to be here. We want to be here. We want to be with you and we love you. Yeah. And it's, it started to bleed over into like your family. Like we consider you family, the Olsons are family. Like, yeah. you know, you started our inviting us to family. Sunday dinner yeah. and Absolutely. you know, the holidays with your folks. And I got to spend some time with your mom before she passed, which is really wonderful. And, yeah. um, you know, then even the other, the last time I was in Seattle, we were over at our friend Carrie and Sam's house and, uh, at some point, Tate Tate said something about his family, and he was referring to his family in Idaho. And a friend, Kate, called him out on it. She was like, "Fuck you, talking about your family is right here." Yeah. And it was like me and Kate and Helen and Carrie. And it's like the people that have dedicated energy in their lives to making sure that he grows up to be a healthy, happy, successful human being. Yeah, that's your family—the people that love you no matter what, warts and all. They're yeah. there for you. That's your family. Yep. And uh, I think it's really important to to recognize and encourage that because you know like I think if I had that support structure when my dad died I would have handled it a lot better yeah there's a lot of I mean I, I turned out pretty awesome I mean that's a fact that's not even arguable but <laughs> <laughs> um but I think it would have been re- <laughs> oh, like man. That <laughs> you're hilarious but uh, uh I think it would have been it would I didn't have that support structure in my life of other people sure that I considered family. You know, I grew up in the, your family is your family and everybody else is not. Sure. So I don't, a lot of good have come out of it, I think. And, uh, I'm really glad Tate's becoming the man that he is. He's certainly a bit of a ding dong, but he, uh, he's turned into a good human. Yeah. So that's great.
1: Yeah. No, he really has. And, uh, you know, as, and that talks about the, I think that goes to the challenges of being a parent, um, Mm -hmm. and a father, um, Mm -hmm. you know, is that, you you want them to be successful but you also have to allow them to fail mm-hmm. and make their own stupid choices and honestly as, as frustrating oftentimes as my children are to me where I'm just kind of like I wish you would see the reality of this I wish that you would just <laughs> I wish the brain would just click and be like oh you know and yep uh, I I don't think I would be. I don't think I'd be any smarter. Uh, I know I wasn't any smarter at their age. Actually, I I did worse things, stupider things at their age. Oh yeah. And they are they're wonderful kids,
0: and they really are.
1: And they have to figure it out on their own because if if they if they rely on me to do everything for them or their mom to do everything for them, they they will never learn. They'll constantly repeat. And I have never wanted to be a helicopter parent uh, or a lawnmower parent. That's where you mow over everybody. Um, mm-hmm. I've always just wanted to give as much wisdom as I could give to them, mm-hmm. um, and and allow them to take it or leave it mm-hmm. to their own detriment or to their own success. Yeah, um, and and I'm I've made it clear to them that you know, knowledge is the accumulation of facts and stuff, but wisdom is how to apply it correctly. Mm -hmm. And that it doesn't matter how much, you know, if you don't do anything useful with that information, Mm -hmm. if it's not applied correctly to your life. And, and oftentimes you can see that it's like, well, they're like, I know. I was like, yeah, you know, but are you being wise about what you know? Mm -hmm. And as a Christian family, uh, I have never forced them into anything now, except for that. We did send them to Christian school, but we paid for that and that's fine. But I never told them they have to believe in Jesus Christ. I never told them they have to be baptized. I never fear mongered them into the kingdom of God. Um, As a matter of fact, at one point I actually had a fight with a pastor to baptize Sophia. Sophia. Because they said, well, we only baptize at a certain age. I was like, well, she told me she wants to be baptized. Yeah.
0: And yeah, and where in the Bible does it say that?
1: Exactly. So I was kind of like, so if if a person wants to be baptized, no matter what age, but they feel a call to be baptized, I have to tell them, sorry, you have to be legal drinking age in order to baptize.' be baptized. I was like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, we want them nope. to... It's like, well, then ask them questions. Why do you want to be baptized? If, you, if you're so afraid that you're going to... M- false baptize someone. I don't understand. And so I had to go to bat to them because it was their choice. And I remember asking them, I was like, well, is this all on your own? I mean, I don't want to be an influence in that sense. You know, you have to do it. Otherwise you're doing it for your dad. And Mm -hmm. I don't want you to do it for me. I want you to do it because you believe.
0: There's one thing the Mormon church does is you get baptized when you're eight years old. And I think back to when I was eight and you know what I remember? (laughs) Nothing, not a fucking thing. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what's going through my brain other than this is what we do. And we're going to have a special ceremony and put on some white pants and they put me in a bathtub. Yeah. But it's in the church. So it's a special bathtub.
1: Sure. Yes, exactly. Like, I don't, that's weird. Well, so I didn't grow up as a Christian. So our house was, Atheists, but it, I mean, it wasn't even atheistic. I mean, there was, my dad was Lutheran, but he was non-practicing. I think there was just, I don't know. It was do what you want. And, um, so I didn't even have that. So I didn't want to force that on my kids either. Cause I thought that that leaves out free will mm-hmm. like, you know, you have to be baptized. I didn't want to do that to them. I didn't want to hide diddly ho them. So, um, so I decided, you know, I'll, I'll let them make the decision and you know, if they choose to do it, then that's great. If they don't, then okay. You know, okay. not everyone does. So, well, and that's a,
0: I, <clears throat> like that approach, I think it speaks a lot to who you are as a dad and not, like so many parents you hear about like trying to like prepare the path in front of their kids to go do something very specific, you know, like you hear about people like you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever the path is in front of them. Um, But it speaks to you in terms like outside of the religious aspect, I think you as a parent have very much an approach of, I want you to understand and know what you're doing. You need to believe in what you're doing it has to be your decision. I'm not going to make that decision for you because if, like, if I strong arm you into being an electrician, sure, you're probably going to hate it. Yep. Or you might not. It might not be the path that was right for you or that you're going to enjoy. It might turn out great, but it also could turn out very bad. Yep. So you got to let them decide. You got to let, you just have to give them the tools to make those decisions, to think things through. And, yeah. And sometimes fail.
1: Well, I, mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to tell them exactly what they have to do for their life in order yes. to And then I'd want them to obey completely 100% as I am infallible.
0: That's right. You are perfection.
1: However, uh, that's not the reality. So okay. I have to, you know, uh, be, you know, as you go through parenthood, um, when they're babies, I mean, you have to do everything for them, you know, and as little kids, the same thing. But as they, you know, come into their own, as their own person, uh, you have to, um, uh, as the song goes, uh, uh, not hold on so tight, hold on loosely, but don't let go. You know, you have to allow the space for them to, um, you know, figure out things on their own. Um, I remember there was actually a a pastor, um, Chuck Swindoll. And he said that one of the things that he taught his kids early on is that, you know, he would always tell them, like, you have to stay here with me. Like, he'd hold their hands, especially when they're little, and they always want to run off. And he was telling them, like, no, you got to stay with me. Uh, you know, I don't want to lose you, like, especially if you're in a crowd and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he said one time in the back of their house, they had, like, this wooded area. And his he said his son, like, ran off. Might have been a grandson. Either way, it's a little kid. And the kid ran off and he could see the kid, but he hid behind a tree, but he kept his eye on the kid. And eventually the kid stopped running and looked around and saw that no one was around and started like crying and calling out for him. And so finally he revealed himself behind a tree and be like, Hey, I'm here. And the kid ran and never left his side after that. (laughs) And Sophia did the similar thing at the Seattle center. Uh, I was holding her hand And, you know, she, all these people were around. I think it was like some concert out there in that grass, grassy area, concert area. Mm -hmm. And um, she kept pulling and pulling and pulling. And finally she let go. I let go. And she ran off. And Dana's like, you gotta go grab her. I said, no, no, no. We'll just follow her. So we both followed her and we kept our eye on her. And she stopped and she grabbed onto the pants of some stranger and then looked up. And started crying and screaming because it wasn't me. Mm Mm-hmm. And she was looking around and you could see like the panic in her eyes. And then she finally saw us because we were following close behind. <laughs> and boy, she did not let go of my hand after that. And and all because I was trying to teach her, like, listen, that you're you know, you're two feet tall or however tall you are, and you want to go run out in a crowd full of five foot tall people, this isn't gonna work out for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and but she didn't want to learn that lesson until she she realized that she needed to stay near us and she didn't you know so sometimes you have to give them the room to make those mistakes so that they can see you know what is most important you know and 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 as a parent you know i made sure that she was safe and that she wasn't going to get yeah of course kidnapped or anything like that but and i think that's very uh to me personally analogous to how god treats us in the sense that he gives us the space to make mistakes but we should learn at that moment for me personally, that where safety actually really resides, um, and I think parents are are part of that program. Of you know, they're safe. They're the adults that are supposed to take care of you. I know not all parents do a good job at this uh, because we're not perfect, um, but um, we're supposed to be the ones that protect our children. We're the supposed to be the ones that because we brought them into this world, that they are our responsibility, and then mm-hmm. therefore we are you know, and in your case too, you have taken the responsibility on. So now Tate is yours to be responsible for and his successes. You get to celebrate with him, and his losses, you know, you get to weep with him. um, But you're still there for him. And you're still the one that is supposed to give the wisdom poured into him. Um, Whether it's perfect or imperfect, it doesn't matter. Your love is what's most important in that matter in that, Mm -hmm. in that moment. And sometimes we're great at it. Sometimes we're not. Um, but I think being a father is, is such a great calling. Like I, when, when Sophia was born, dude, I was so ecstatic that I had a little girl and it just made me so happy. Um, and it, it just, Oh, and then Nathan came along and I, I couldn't believe our luck that we got one of each. And, uh, and it, and they've been, they've been different people. And I don't treat them necessarily the same because they're different people. And even my parents try to make Scott and I the same all the time. They bought us the same things and stuff like that. And that drove me crazy. But Sophia and Nathan, they're different people, so I treat them differently. And and sometimes they get frustrated by that. I'm like, you're not the same people. Like, why would I parent you the same? Mm -hmm. You know, where one I have to be maybe a little more firmer. The other one I have to be more gentle because I want to know my kids and and what is the thing that – will help them through their journey into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And then like myself, I need my dad, you know, actually I still need my mom. And, uh, my mom and I were really, really close and, uh, and you know, she's not here anymore and, uh, I don't expect my dad to take that place, but I'm, I'm very happy that I have the relationship I have with my dad now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so
0: No, that's um, I know exactly what you mean by parents trying to make the kids all the same. My mom and dad kind of did that with me and my two older brothers because we were exactly two years apart and we were a handful. And so we would get like the same set of clothes. I think it was just easier than us. But I do think about the way that we were parented growing up. And Helen pointed out uh, rightfully so that at some point my brother David became a handful. And because I was such a people pleaser and – like I didn't want to make waves. I became very independent. And for a very, very long time, I wore it as a badge of honor. Like I just took care of my shit. Yeah. My parents weren't really there for me, but I kind of took care of it. And this, it's made me this independent, awesome human being I am today. And then it wasn't that long ago, like within the last couple of months, Helen was like, you were neglected as a kid, <laughs> like not neglected. Like you weren't fed. Sure. Sure but you were not taken care of the way you needed to be taken care of. You didn't get the attention from your parents. Like it wasn't intentional. It wasn't like willful neglect. I wasn't left in a closet or left dirty or left wanting. But the reality is emotionally I was neglected.
1: Yeah.
0: I was kind of left alone. And, and, uh, I think about that a lot. And, um, Shakespeare told me at some point I should confront my mom with it and like, mom, this is not, I'm not trying to pick on you or tell you did anything bad. I just, I need to say this out loud to help myself, heal and be better about it because it's a big part of why I struggle with relationships and, um, sort of fears that, like my attachment disorders that I struggle with. Like, I just expect everybody to leave all the time because for my entire life, the most important people in my life always left. Yeah. And, and that was a big part of it. So it's like, it's really important as parents to, to make sure that you're like, you might think you're doing all the right things because this one kid is an A student. Sure. Um, and actually there's a really great scene in Breaking Bad of all places where Jesse goes back to his parents' house yeah. and and he covers for his little brother <clears throat> smoking weed but it turns out his little like perfect angel little brother is the one that was smoking weed in the house.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Right? Like yeah. you're just ignoring it because what it like that was the the opposite side this one's the best let's pay attention to him this one's the worst let's not pay attention to him. My mom did the opposite. Yeah. Where it was all my energy goes into one, the other one's fine. So I don't need to put any energy there. And we had our moments. I had a lot of really great moments that that's a whole nother podcast that with my mom, I love my mom dearly Yeah, and she, she didn't, she wasn't bad to me. I don't, I just want to make sure that's clear. She was not neglectful in a, like a really negative, bad way. She did know. the best she could, she yeah. had a, a hard time with a big family. And then when my dad died, that was like, they didn't have a great relation to begin with. And then when he died, she had less help support support. was a whole nother, uh, psychosomatic conversation. But I mean, all in all, she, uh, she did the best that she could, but I think it's important to acknowledge that things aren't always perfect and that's okay.
1: Yeah, I agree. And then even you and I know that as fathers, we're not going to be perfect and that's okay. Yeah. But what we're going to do is we're going to do our best
0: yeah I can think of a bunch of times I wish I had done things differently, yeah but me I can't too. change that me too, but I can apologize for when I fucked up,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah so, and I just try to love my kids, I try to be honest with them in love mm-hmm. um <clears throat> i don't um i don't uh I don't fold on what I think is true for the sake of feelings, but I don't try to be mean about it, I try to just be mm-hmm. very, very loving. Because I know I'm never going to always 100% agree with my kids. Mm-hmm. I don't even always 100% agree with my wife. I um, don't
0: even always 100% agree with myself.
1: Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I change my mind about things because I I'd, I'd feel like, oh, shit, I, I messed up on that. That's not right. Um, so, you know, we have to give ourselves that kind of grace and just do our best. And if we're doing our best, that's all we can do. And as they get older, mm-hmm. I know our kids, uh, If I, if I messed up in any way... I know that they'll look back and go, you know what? I know they did their best. I know that they were purposely not trying to, you know, deliberately hurt me or upset me or do things mean. I know that they were just trying to love me the best that they knew how, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think that way about my dad, because my dad came from a divorced family. Um, His brother and sister are kind of very estranged to him. Um, His sister, especially who, I know he loves, but he won't even look at or talk to because it's just too hurtful for him. It's hurtful for him. The way he comes off is that she's annoying and stupid and he hates her. But I know, because I've asked him one time, he said, it's just, it just hurts me that she was, she ended up being a drug addict and a prostitute and all these things. Mm -hmm. And she had so much going for her. She's such a talented person Um, and she kind of destroyed her life. That hurts him. Mm-hmm. So he, all of that kind of informed him being a parent, and so he did the best he could, and that was better than his own alcoholic father, um, who you know divorced his mom and then married this whole other family. And kind of, he felt abandoned, and you know his his my aunt definitely did, you know. And so all we're trying to do is our best. Mm-hmm. And and we're just trying to to love our kids the best way that we can. And if you're just doing that, you're winning. You're winning. And if as long as there is room to grow and to reconcile and to to speak truth in the things, you're going to continue to have um, the best relationship you can with your kids. And and dads play an important part in that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, single moms have it have it hard. They really do, because um, that's not an easy thing. Um, but it also shows that dads are very important in a family structure as well. Mm -hmm. Um, you need both, you need the support of both and dads need to, if you know, rise up and try to be better and try to be more loving and more helpful. And, and so in our house, I try to express tremendous amount of love to Dana, um, and show the kids that love, even if they're like, ew, gross, you know, and isn't that how this all started and stuff like that? It's like, you need to see this. This is what. My parents didn't kiss a lot. They weren't very affectionate towards one another. And I want my kids to say, see, like, this is what a, a loving relationship looks like, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. And sometimes they're like, I'm going off on a tangent here, but sometimes they're like, well, I haven't found anyone like you guys did in high school. It's like, well, don't do what we did. Um, you know, you need to <laughs> figure it out for yourself. Cause your mom and I made a lot of mistakes. So, mm-hmm. you know, figure it out for yourself but don't use us as a template in the sense that you have to start at this age and it has to be like this. Yeah, right. Just constantly always be working and be better for one another and always remember to be friends and love one another. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to win the day.
0: Yep. Like Helen and I, we met in our late 20s. Yeah. And I think we're great together.
1: I think you guys are fantastic together. So,
0: like, I mean, you, like there's no perfect. Like, yeah, you're right. There's a whole other Whole it a template. But yeah, I, I, we try to do the same thing, like lead by example. Like I love yeah, Helen. there you go. I adore her. And sure. that's not something to be ashamed of. Just like I adore my my son. Yeah. I love him. And I'm not ashamed of showing him that. And he actually, that's like, I know you, I know we're, as a group, we're huggers. Yeah. And, and uh, I know that means a lot to like all the kids involved. I love that your kids, when Helen and I show up or even just I show up, they both will come and give me a hug right away. Yep. You know, I love that, especially, I mean, I mean, with, with Sophia, it's a little bit little less, um, I don't, surprising is not the word. Like we've been hugging for a long, long time, but like from, from a, from a girl, it's less surprising because girls tend to be a little more affectionate, but you know, from your big ogre of a son for every time he comes over, he wants to give both Helen and I great big hugs and say hello. Like he'll come downstairs. He'll like pause his video game to come downstairs and say (laughs) hello. Yeah. Which means a lot. Yeah. You've, you've taught him that like, that's important.
1: Yep. So,
0: so I applaud you.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you have to tell the people that you love them at the time that you can see them. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know how much time you have, you know, life is a vapor. It's here one moment and it's gone the next. So we have to take advantage of the time that we have. And if we love people, we have to make sure that we take the, the time to tell them that we love them. So.
0: Yep. And speaking of taking the time that we have, we're, I had about a hour fifteen, so you probably should start wrapping it up.
1: Yep, we are. We're at a buck twenty, actually. On we the lost our listener already. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's okay. lunch hours over. It's good. It's good time. So Johnny, um, thank you so much for taking the time out of your night here to mm-hmm. for us yeah, to chit chat about this. I know it's kind of a I, deep topic, and uh, yeah,
0: well, oh, I love it. I do want to say I, I I wish we had done shout outs at the beginning of this show. So we had a couple of people comment, Karen and, and Sam oh, tell comment me. About tell me. To, well, I shared that one with, with, uh, with you about that Karen said, I sent you a screenshot of that one.
1: Yeah. Read
0: um, it. one thing, uh, I'll have to find it because <laughs> I'm not exactly sure I where it is. I can read it. I
1: can find
0: it. Um, I think it's on the, it's gotta be here close. Oh, Karen says, I only caught the last little bit, but that was fun. I'm a fairly regular listener and always find your discussions interesting and hilarious. And uh, Sam says, it was fun listening to uh, your and Wes's back and forth. I've watched it in person, and it holds up over the airwaves. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. He's seen the nonsense live.
1: <laughs> yeah, he sure has. <laughs> he sure has. Well, folks, um, Johnny and I, we both uh, uh, would appreciate to hear any kind of feedback that you might have. Oh, i got to do the yes. Music. Hold on there we go uh, so uh, send us your feedback you can leave comments on fountain.fm uh you can send it to us at balderdashboys at protonmail.com if you don't know how to spell that that is b-a-l-d-e-r-d-a-s-h boys at protonmail.com you can send us uh, an email there drop us a line, send us a S- Satoshi's on fountain.fm. You can leave us a comment and a review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll read them online um, or Texas. If you know us, uh, we're on Instagram, beer, bourbon and Balderdash. We're on Twitter, beer, bourbon and Balderdash. Uh, so there's all kinds of places that you can find us. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, like John said, early on in the podcast, if you have beer or bourbon recommendations for us, to, uh, review on the podcast with our sophisticated palettes mm-hmm. uh, send that to us as well and uh, we'll review them and we'll even say who asked us to review this and uh, anything else that you guys might want to hear as far as topics and stuff like that and here are two goofball takes uh, we mm-hmm. would happy uh to be able to um, to do those takes for you and uh i don't know from FEMA region number 10 And FEMA region number one (laughs) Alright, did you find (laughs) out what FEMA region you are? No You're making it up I'm just making it up Son of a (laughs) gun I'm Wes Olson Uh, I'm Johnny Harrison And you've been listening to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash (laughs) You didn't do the Balderdash in the beginning Yes I did, I said
0: I welcomed everybody to Beer, Bourbon and Balderdash No, I I didn't No, No, I don't think so Oh Well, Well,
1: welcome everybody to Beer, Bourbon, (laughs) and Balderdash. Fuck. (laughs) Oh, we're a mess. We are. And that is it for us, everybody. Good night.